Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Catherine Halpin. Catherine, are you ready to do this? I sure am, George. Thank you. Excellent. Let's do this. Catherine is the founder and CEO of the Halpin Companies, a business optimization and strategic alignment consulting firm. She's a speaker, author, CPA, and she is an expert at getting people out of the reactive mode and getting more into the strategic mindset. I'm excited to have you on. Catherine, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, thank you so much, George, for this great opportunity. Well, my dad was a CPA, and that's why I became a CPA in Mississippi. And he died at the age of 55 from a massive heart attack from all the long hours and just being a... uh, a prisoner to all the deadlines, the tax filing deadlines, and all the his clients' deadlines. And so ever since then, I've been passionate about making work work for more people because it sure didn't work for him to die at 55. And um, this is so important. So all my methods come together to help people make more money and work less hours and have a greater impact. Well, I think that probably resonates with just about everybody right there. So I think that yeah. that is something we would all like to do. Well, yeah. maybe let's start first about the challenges. What what's what's stopping people from doing that? Well, since two thousand nine, I think the biggest challenge is the invention of the smartphone. Mm. I think the quality of meetings and in, in organizations has deteriorated, and I think our ability to think critically and strategically and long term has also been impacted in a negative way. We're all addicted to those smartphones, picking them up every thirty seconds, or responding to every text, and it just has. We get so easily distracted now, and we've lost the ability to think strategically. And I think that when we do that, um, it takes a tremendous toll on our peace of mind, our our the, our mindset, the, the perspective we're coming from, and our ability to get the work done through other people, which is what that's the key to making more money and working less hours and having greater impact is getting your work done through your teams and not just by yourself. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. So, and you know, I I don't know how long it's been that we seem to celebrate being busy and always having something to be working on or our mind focused on as opposed to just, you know, being alone with our thoughts or focusing focusing on what's in front of us and the work that needs to be done. Yes. Yes. Multitasking is a myth. That's a, a, a terrible, terrible, terrible myth. It makes people think that they can multitask, but instead of being effective at a lot of things, some people think, well, my effectiveness is not as, as great as it would be if I wasn't multitasking, but I'm still effective. But that's not true. We're not effective at anything at that point. So um, it's more, much more effective to concentrate on one thing you know, for two minutes or 10 minutes and then move on to the next thing for two minutes or 10 minutes. Just do one thing at a time. Right. So how how do we recognize that we're maybe stuck in this trap or, or cycle? Well, certainly your peace of mind and your ability to relax and your ability to um, just decompress. You know, people have more difficulty sleeping. They find it more difficult to relax. They have to do hobbies or um, self-care practices that are more intense. They can't just... Um, you know, read a book, our ability to read books is, is diminished. 
so the key is to um, well to, to recognize how you're spending your time. Like if you're in 15 minute meetings back to back all day, you know, from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's too much for one person. You need time to uh, make notes between meetings and to get organized for the next meeting and to think about what the purpose of that meeting and what outcome do you need to drive to and what role do you need to play. So I help people start with their work day and then when we create that white space in the work day, then it's easier to create that purposeful, meaningful white space in their leisure time that's going to rejuvenate them, give them what I call real rejuvenation, not just be um, time off on your weekend when you're socializing heavily and you're going, running from you know one little league game to the next, but to get real rejuvenation, high-quality solitude, high-quality time with your loved ones, time in nature all sorts of things whatever it is that, that that really is of value to you right freeing you right. up to really focus on that right because it's all personal everybody's different everybody values different things but whatever real rejuvenation means to you that's what i want to help you incorporate yeah i appreciate that so i think it's always probably valuable and important to start with the end in mind and then to maybe work backwards and actually audit how it is you're spending your time how it is you're spending your attention but and that seems like such an obvious thing but like all people i think that we know that we're kind of lousy with goal setting or really looking into the future right yes right correct so, so what I try to encourage people to do is put in what I call energizers. My belief is everything either drains you of energy or gives you energy. Every task, every responsibility, every event either drains you or gives you energy. And so I try to put, uh, get, help people put more energizers in place, just little tiny things they, they can do daily or three times a week that are going to give them energy. And then the more you have that energy on a regular basis – productive, healthy energy, then you're, the easier it's going to be for you to articulate what works for you and what doesn't work for you and then to negotiate those expectations with your loved ones and your coworkers and your colleagues. Does that make sense? It does. Can you give me some examples of, of what those might be? Yes. Yeah, so I have nine habits in my Respond, Not React playbook, and I try to get people to – they're just basic fundamental time management skills to get that white space but um, I try to ask people to take whatever they're doing now in their time management habits and just buff them up. Pick one or two of my habits and just take what they're doing to you know 10% increase in their effectiveness in their already established habits will make a huge difference. And so in addition to those nine habits, I try to get them to commit to some energizer on a regular basis They'll get their heart rate elevated because we know when our heart rates get elevated, we have a more endorphins released in our brain. We have more peace of mind. We can, it's easier for us to see the big picture. It's easier for us to take a broader perspective. And then the third one is getting in nature. Uh, you know, historians know that anybody who had a mis mystical experience, whether they were a Sufi or they were a Roman Catholic saint or anything in between, when they had those mystical experiences, they were most likely in nature. They were hiking up a mountain or they were sitting on a rock by a stream and i think something about getting in nature does help us look at the big picture i think more strategically i think that that's 100 percent true and probably lost in so many of us city folks um 
uh, the, these days. So taking an opportunity to get out amongst nature, and it's probably not even, I don't think that you're advocating that we go do something crazy. It's something as simple as, as going to a, uh, to a, a park, which is nearby, and maybe just taking a right. walk or going for a hike. Exactly. The simplest things are the easiest things to do and can be the most meaningful because they're easy to do. You can do them more regularly. That's right. All right. So I, I think that there's a lot of great stuff there. Um, the, I think that it's so much, so much of important wisdom and impactful wisdom that we all should be taking advantage of. It's, it's right in front of us. It's just that we have made ourselves so busy. So maybe we're overlooking and we're forgetting about how valuable it is, like getting exercise, getting your heart rate up, and what a massive role that being physically well plays on our efficiency. And if you could add 10% more efficiency to your everyday life, to your work life, to your family life, everything, how much how much of a role or how much how much would that really move the needle? And I bet I bet quite a bit. Quite a bit because transformation occurs in the baby steps. We can't just rip the bandage off and and have people be different and have different mindsets. We just have to change in in small increments, ten percent increase, and um, what I call a baby step. Got it right. You know, I, I can't. Oftentimes we we get well the same way we got sick, which is exactly what you just said. It's getting up every morning, and if it's trying to get financially on track, getting out of debt, getting back to zero, start saving. If it's um, getting to a healthy weight, it's just exercising right. and, and eating a little bit better. And so whatever it is, I, I, I like that idea of, of taking small bites or, or baby steps. So Yes, yes. Something that's easy to digest and is manageable. I like it. So what are, what are, I mean, okay, so it's, it's focusing on the little things. It's incorporating right. a little bit of exercise. It's getting it back out into nature. Are there some of those other nine habits that, that you really think resonate with people? Probably all of them, but. Yes. Well, I grew up in Mississippi, like I said, and I went to, uh, I had to grow up fast because my parents weren't really prepared to be parents and they had five children in eight and a half years. And my older sister wanted to be the bad kid and so I was the good kid and so I grew up fast and and um, then because I had demonstrated so much leadership and organizational skills in our home my dad said to me one day hey you could come to the office with me on Saturday morning so I went I started going into his office when I was only eight or nine years old and by the time I was 12 I was going in every day after school so growing up that fast which I don't recommend for anybody else um, caused me to always have a feeling of overwhelm I would wake up and or just be in my work day and just feel like, well, when is the other shoe going to drop? When are they going to ask me to do something I'm not prepared to do or uh, um, not qualified or what have I forgotten about? So I developed these nine habits in my CPA career to help me get out of overwhelm quickly. So the, um, the first one is to arrive early to meetings or commitments. If you have meetings, if you're, if you're in a corporation where people are coming to you, you're not going out, then schedule those meetings um, for just 40 minutes. They have a 20-minute break between meetings, and that gives you a chance, like I said, to prepare for the next meeting and to make a few notes about what you've promised people and what they've promised you. And then the second one is to do a brain dump, and that's like a to-do list, but just more massive. You write down your personal, your family, your community, all of your commitments. Get everything out of your head. And even to this day, at my advanced age, and all these years, 24 years of um, working with people on these practical tools, 
I still can occasionally get into overwhelm. And so if I just take my phone and do a little brain dump of, like on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I wake up and I'm in overwhelm, just do a little brain dump right in my phone of all my errands or all the phone calls or emails I, I want to send. Um, that alone, in 10 minutes, I can be completely out of overwhelm. So that brain dump is tremendously valuable, especially the more frequently you do it. And if you go back and edit and cross things off, give yourself a, a check mark for all that you've accomplished. And then the third one is to calendar fully because it's it's not a good use of our limited brain cells to try to keep our calendar in our head. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then the fourth one is where the white space on your calendar starts to appear from. It's, I call it a commitments review. You scroll through that calendar for the next two or three days and you, you run your fingers through your brain dump and you start to say to yourself, am I really the best person to perform this task or am I the best person to attend this meeting? Who would be a rock star in this meeting that I could send? Who could really add value and take this task or this project to a new level of effectiveness that I can't even take it to? And then you start getting the work done through other people. And then in that white space, you can use it to um, prepare for more meetings. And so that's the first four. The fifth one is to prepare for meetings more effectively because our meetings have gone to hell in a handbasket with, with the invention of the smartphone. So, you know, what's the purpose of the meeting? What's the agenda? How are we going to measure our progress because this meeting happens every two weeks? How are we going to move our projects forward? And then the sixth one is what I call project work time because even if you're the governor, you still there's still things you have to read or review or get briefed on. We all have things that we cannot delegate. But wouldn't it be great if we could get those things done between, say, 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., more normal work hours? So many people I know are working after they put their children to bed or working after they've had their evening activities. They might be doing a lot of nice evening activities that give them energy, but then they're picking up their laptop at 9.30 or 10 o'clock and trying to get an hour or two of email done. And so I want you to get that work done in normal work hours because when I was working like that as a CPA, my judgment became impaired. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I thought everything was urgent, and I was the best person to do it all. Right. And, and then the last uh, three habits are what I call strategic think time, either strategic think time to solve a problem once and for all, because we always have a challenge of the day, or a strategic think time to delegate more effectively, because we get frustrated. Um, everybody's an idiot because they can't you know, meet our expectations. But guess what? We didn't articulate even to ourselves what our expectations were. And so then, of course, they were set up for... A lot of struggle and and not very much success. And then the the ninth habit is strategic think time to manage the creative tension in your life. And Peter Singe says creative tension is the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And it could be like you said, with your weight, with your career, with your finances, with your debt, with your retirement planning. It could be anything. Your relationships. It could be anything. But just taking that time regularly to think, okay, where am I? What's my current reality? Because if we just focus on the vision we have, then it's not really grounded in reality. And if you just focus on the ground on the reality, being grounded in that and not on the vision, then it's sometimes so depressing we can't get out of bed. So we have to manage that tension between where we are and where we want to be. And um, and that's how I got out of Mississippi, and that's how I got out of my CPA career. Both of, I use those practices day, almost daily, and um, 
that's when I'm able to catch myself, coach myself, connect the dots, see the patterns and the trends and say, hey, this isn't working for me. What would work for me? There's so much good stuff in there. And, you know, I, I think that we all have probably known somebody over the course of our of, of, of our working life or our family life and probably a lot of people that have unfortunately suffered the same the same I don't want to say fate as, as as your dad but maybe the same kind of lifestyle kind of the unhealthy lifestyle because it's like they're always playing from behind they're they're, they're always behind the eight ball because they're not getting there early they're 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 not dumping anything out of the brain they're just leaving it in there and along with the calendar and it's just it's absolutely crushing for people and it takes a toll on every aspect of people's lives and i think it's 100 percent true so and this is so tough to it's so tough to, to to break out of these cycles um and i think it's probably hard to to make the decision to actually get started with this but then probably equally hard to to follow through and actually make the changes well, that's such a good point, George, because it's not like you can just wave a magic wand and be different today. It's baby steps. So uh, I encourage people to pick two or three of the nine habits and two or three uh, self-care, self-leadership habits like getting in nature and getting your heart rate elevated and just experiment with those you know, five or six habits. And um, some you won't do at all and some you'll do every day and some you'll just do uh, periodically, but after a month or two of tracking those, you can throw away the ones that you aren't doing and pick up two or three more that you can experiment. It's just that we have to be like scientists and and not not beat ourselves up when we when we're not successful with some of our energizers. And you know, scientists if they get covered in black soot, they, they think it was still a successful experiment because they <laughs> said, oh, well, that's not the right formula. So we have to adapt that mindset so we can just experiment over time and see what really gives us the energy. But those nine habits and then getting in nature and getting your heart rate elevated, I think everybody can fall somewhere in there. You know, some, some people will be runners, some people will be joggers, some people will be power walkers, some people will be, you know, just getting, just using their time in nature just to take a leisurely walk with their dog or their spouse. Either of those, and all of those are fine. It's completely up to the individual. I love it. Well, Catherine, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. Even though you've already given us so many, what do you have for them? Well, uh, when this is this is uh, the what I'm hoping will leave your listeners highly motivated to incorporate some of these habits. When you are in reactive mode and when you are reacting to other people, your boss, your coworkers, your spouse, your children, your neighbors, when you are in reactionary mode, you have given over control of your destiny to somebody else. And if you want to be back in control of your own destiny, your own financial uh, net worth, your financial security, your happiness, your um, satisfaction in life, then you have to get out of reactive mode and get into proactive and, and strategic mindsets and uh, so you can control your own destiny. And that's how you make more money, work less hours, and have greater impact. It's not complicated. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, thank you for asking, George. Uh, well, my website is www.helpincompany.com. If you find me on social media, I'm all over LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, it's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A. 
A-R-I-N-E, Catherine Halpin, H-A-L-P-I-N. And I'm posting every day on both LinkedIn and, and Facebook trying to share my tips and uh, resources. And all of my uh, materials, whether it's you know, working in a corporation with a leadership team or random teams, it's all very practical and simple. It's not at all complicated. So look for me on the, on the Internet so that you can plug in and take advantage of those tips. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Catherine your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to helpincompany.com, find her on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I will list all of those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Catherine. Yeah. No, thank you. And thank you for all your good work. This is such an important podcast, and I so appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.